is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. One team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. A certain someone's magic hat helps guide the Blues into the hat for tonight's FA Cup's second round draw. Left for delivery to Deschamps, one of the headers into the back of the net, and Colby Bishop has glanced Pompey in the lead. He makes it 10 for the season. Portsmouth have got the job done. They're through to the second round of the FA Cup. On tonight's show, we'll be reviewing the events of Friday's win and hearing from that man himself, Colby Bishop, who highlights Pompey's attitude and as the determinant factor between winning and losing to Hereford. I think it's so easy to slip up at places like this if you don't come with the right attitude. You know, when teams come from higher up, you're very up for it and um, you've got to come with the right attitude and I think we did. Danny Cowley also features talking about the difference in quality between each half. First half, it was difficult for us. We couldn't quite find our rhythm. We managed to get together at half time, tweaked a couple of bits, and to be fair to the players, second half before they come out and were very professional. I thought it was quite an accomplished performance by the end. No youngsters were involved for the Blues at Edgar Street because the Academy were in FA Youth Cup action the night before. Zesh Raymond's reaction to their 6 1 victory over Free Bridges plays shortly. It's brilliant for these guys to play in under the floodlights, Fratton Park, and all these, these are the games that they want to be involved in, and for some of them tonight, to experience that for the first time I think they'll really take away a lot from it and it'll give them confidence and hopefully inspire them to want to be back on these stages in the future and to round off a trilogy of Pompey wins the Portsmouth women secured victory over Crawley Wasps yesterday much to the delight of Jay Sadler it's just about being patient playing with tempo trying to break down what was a stubborn defensive block um, but it's something we've worked on like always Blues fans we couldn't get by with a little help from you back home get in touch between now and seven with all of your Pompey Pompey thoughts, concerns, questions and predictions. 81400 is our text number. Be sure to start those with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet in using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. This is Express FM and you're listening to a football hour. This is the football hour. 93.7 Express FM. Well, a very good evening and welcome along to another edition of the Football Hour, brought to you by our good friends over at Stagecoach South. Be sure to download their app, which you can do now through the Apple app or Google Play Store to track your next bus and even prepay for your ticket too, with day, week and month passes all available to purchase through the app. We've got loads to get through tonight with all three of Pompey's associated teams claiming victories over the course of the weekend and since our last show here on Express FM. We'll come on to discuss the latest with both the men's and women's senior size shortly. 
but we are going to do this in chronological order, meaning we start with Thursday evening's FA Youth Cup meeting between Portsmouth and Freebridges at Fratton Park. The Blues were victorious by six goals to one at PO4. Both Jamie Howell and Kobe Motto managed to hit a brace with Sam Follerin and captain Adam Pace also on the score sheet with one each before a last-minute consolation for the visitors. After the full-time whistle, Henry Port spoke to lead PDP coach Zesh Raymond to get his assessment of the game. Zesh, a 6-1 win in the first round of the FA Youth Cup. What's your reflections on tonight? I thought the boys started really, really well. We got a goal within um, 60 seconds, so that makes it easier. I thought the approach to the game from everyone was spot on. We showed um, respect by actually treating the game as I expect we should have. You know, really front foot from the start, aggressive, and we started in their half. All the things that we spoke about before the first half, the boys did really, really good. Describe the preparation that's gone into a performance like tonight. To be fair, we've had a process um, from the start of the season. It's really evolved a lot. You know, we have a routine each week that we work on, and a lot of the focus was more about us, how we were going to score, how we could get in behind, all the spaces that we could exploit. So each week we've been really consistent with that, and we've got into a familiar pattern of working, and it was the same for this game. And knowing that you're going to be playing at Fratton Park in these games, how great is it for the under-18s to come here and perform like that? It's brilliant for these guys to play in under the floodlights, Fratton Park, it's wet, and all these, these are the games that they want to be involved in. And for some of them tonight, to experience that for the first time, I think they'll really take away a lot from it and it'll give them confidence and hopefully inspire them to want to be back on these stages in the future. Obviously a brace each for Kobe and Jamie, along with goals for Sam and Adam. Describe how they'll be feeling tonight. They'll be happy, but I think one thing we really emphasise within the academy is about being stronger together. You know, it doesn't matter who scores the goals, everyone's involved in in the build-up or the end product. So I'm really pleased with that. We celebrate as a team. You know, we were ruthless in front of the goal, and I think that's something which we've improved on in recent weeks. Over 300 people made the appearance here today. How great is it for the under-18s and also for the people to tune in and watch the under-18s perform today? It's great. I mean, for, for our under-18s to play here, see the fans, hear them, some noise, some atmosphere, it's a really good occasion for them. And I think um, we want to continue that connection with the fans, with the community, and obviously there's already a connection with the first team, having had some appearances for our boys. So I think it's uh, a win-win all round. Of course, the next round sees you back here at home against Cambridge United. How excited are you for that one? It's great to be back here. You know, it's always good to play at home at Fratton Park. Now they've had a taste of it, I think they'll be better prepared in terms of the dimensions of the pitch. I felt we could have been a little bit uh, braver in possession today. I don't know if they was nervous for the first time playing at Fratton Park, but it's to be expected. The commitment can never be in doubt, and I'm really pleased that we're through. So, a big well done to the Pompey Academy, who secured progression to the second round of the FA Youth Cup with that 6-1 victory over Three Bridges on Thursday night. That result has set up another home tie. This time, Cambridge United the visitors to Fratton Park. Full details of that match and ticket information to be announced in due course. And it wasn't just the Academy who found a route into the second round of an FA competition this weekend. The senior side were tasked with a trip to National. National League North outfit Hereford in front of the BBC cameras on Friday evening, with a place in the second round of the FA Cup up for grabs. Danny Cowley made nine changes from a side that drew with AFC Wimbledon just three days prior in the Papa John's Trophy, with only Zach Swanson and Ronan Curtis retaining their positions in the starting lineup. This represented the first meeting between the two sides since Hereford were reformed as a Phoenix club in 2015, following the demise and liquidation of Hereford United at the end of 2014. Only once have the Blues been beaten by a non-league side in a competitive
defensive capacity and they made sure that defeat to Oldershot eight years ago remained isolated and alone in the history books despite an early scare at Edgar Street. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. We are underway at Edgar Street in the FA Cup between Portsmouth and Hereford United. And long ball from Pompey will go out of play and Hereford will have a throw. Oh, oh Pompey has given it away and Hereford are breaking forward. And one on one with the goalkeeper is Story and he scores! Hereford, out of nothing, have taken the lead in the FA Cup against Portsmouth. Edgar Street goes wild. It's one error from Rico Hackett giving the ball away. We know Story's quick. He ran away and he finished well. It's Hereford 1, Portsmouth nil. Portsmouth being forced back and losing it. And Hereford on the breakaway over halfway. Again, Coroma sprinting back. on that left wing looking for a cross in the penalty area nodded down by Curtis a real chance for Hackett and he scores and makes amends for his error that gifted Hereford the lead and about the first time Pompey have got a cross into the Hereford penalty area and Rico Hackett was making no mistake with that finish a composed one past the goalkeeper it's Hereford 1 Portsmouth 1 Robertson's going to deliver three blue shirts to come from deep in the air from the captain, Clark Robertson. Left-footed delivery, a decent one of the headers into the back of the net. And Colby Bishop has glanced Pompey in the lead. He makes it 10 for the season. A set-piece does come off for Pompey. Robertson's delivery, Bishop's header, he made it look so easy. It's Hereford 1, Portsmouth 2. Piggott's flicked on a sound Bishop. Chance for Colby Bishop. Good save from Eve. That was a chance to end the game, and Pompey will win themselves another corner kick, and Bishop kicks the ball away in frustration for not making it 3-1. Another corner kick, this one deep towards the far post, nodded by Bishop. Piggott helps it into the back of the net. That's the third for Pompey. Bishop may not have got the goal, but he's got an assist, and how Joe Piggott has needed a goal. Portsmouth are heading to round two with 11 minutes to go. It's Hereford 1, Portsmouth 3. And there it is, Portsmouth have avoided an FA Cup upset. Portsmouth have got the job done. They've beaten Hereford. They're through to the second round of the FA Cup. Hereford 1, Portsmouth 3. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Those were the highlights of Friday's 3-1 victory over Hereford in the first round of the FA Cup. Rico Hackett, Colby Bishop and Joe Piggott all on target during Pompey's first visit to Edgar Street since August 1983. Let's go through some other notable results from the weekend's FA Cup action. Now, we won't read them all out because we wouldn't be here forever. An all-league one affair between Bolton and Barnsley saw Barnsley progress with a 2-1 win. Boreham Wood were 3-1 winners over Eastleigh. Elsewhere, Bristol Rovers won Roch nil. Burton Albion 2, Needham Market nil. Buxton played host to Murphyr Town in a complete non-league tie and were 2-0 winners. Referee to round two, Charlton Athletic are through after dispatching Colville Town by four goals to one. The biggest shock of the weekend took place at 
Wadden Road, where Cheltenham Town were knocked out by Alverchurch. 2-1 the scoreline to the visitors there. And Alverchurch currently the lowest-ranked side still in the competition. Chippenham Town are through to the round two for the first time in their history after shocking Lincoln City on home turf. Meanwhile, it finished Ipswich United 2, Halifax Town 1, Gateshead 2, Stevenage 3, Sutton United 0, Farnborough 2 and League 1 leaders Plymouth Argyle suffered a big 5-1 defeat away at newly promoted League 2 outfit Grimsby Town. Also, a huge result for Weymouth. They've taken AFC Wimbledon to a replay at Plough Lane after scoring late to tie that game 1-1. Plenty of results uh, elsewhere, of course. You can visit the FA.com website to find out the full list of the 40 ties um, between Friday and Sunday. Also, Derby County 2-0 up away at uh, Torquay United yesterday. Threw that away in the last minute and Torquay United take Derby County to a replay that game to be played um, next Tuesday, the 15th of November, just a couple of days before Derby come down to Fratton Park on the Friday night. Uh, that could cost a bit of a disruption to Derby County. We'll talk about that later on. And also, in part three of tonight's show, we'll be going through the ball numbers for round two with the draw set to take place between 7 and 7.15 this evening on BBC Two. We'll talk about that later in the show. But first of all, it is now time to welcome on my two guests for tonight's conversation. We start off this evening with Mark McGee calling in from back home. Mark, a very good evening to you. Hi, Jake. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm not too bad. After Not only after a victory at the weekend, Mark, but an FA Cup win of that as well. Pompey, 3-1 victors over Hereford. We'll come on to talk about the pros and all the positives in just a moment, but it took an early scare to keep the Blues on the backside to come away from Edgar Street with a result. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Um, I can't, I can't say I followed the game as as, as I normally do, but I, I was looking at the results and I saw the score come in. Um, it took me until I saw the highlights, get the complete picture. Really, um, yeah, very, very sloppy first goal. But I'm always wary of a cup upset. I mean, especially Hereford. I mean, it's a bit of a mission to get up there. Uh, Hereford, you know, used to be a big. Well, they still are a big club. Uh, they used to be quite up there, didn't they? In uh, in around the leagues, uh, English football. So. Um, I knew it was going to be a tough test, but I'm I'm really happy with a three-month victory. I think we we handled ourselves way better than any than the other leagues I could have. And also joining us this evening from the Republic of Ireland, it is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Robbie Fahey. Robbie, it is my pleasure to welcome you on the show this evening, my friends. Thanks very much, evening, gents. I think uh, the myth more so than the legend, definitely. <laughs> So, uh, 3-1 with us, uh, of course, as we mentioned, there of Hereford at the weekend in the FA Cup. It was one of the first games of the weekend due to a Friday 7.55 kickoff um, because of the BBC broadcast. Not really thinking about the fans. Where are we? But it had all the potential, didn't it, Robbie, to be that kind of cup upset, that banana skin for Pompey. You've got Hereford of the National League North, of all of their might and their history, of, as, as Mark's alluded to there, one of their first appearances in the FA Cup proper since their demise in 2014. They're right at home. They're on TV on a Friday night. They take the early lead. It took a lot of metal for Pompey to come out and actually win that game. It really did, yeah. Like, all I could think about all day in the build-up to the game was all those elements you just spoke about there and how a lot of things were going to be against us in this game and the team was going to have to show a lot of character to come out on top on it, and especially the way things panned out going down a goal down very early on, but fair play to, to Racco, like he really pulled it out just to 
get us back on level terms and then we managed to kick on as uh, Danny said after making some adjustments in the second half but those early round FA Cup ties they're always so difficult because you just know whether it be Hereford or any lower league team that you come up against that they're going to really give you all you can handle and like you said there it was just great that Pompey were able to to show the required guts to come out on the far side of it because that's what it's about at this level as well it's just, it's just digging in and getting the result when you need it Yeah, uh, Linda Mail on the email says not the best performance in the first half but there was an improvement second half and we got through it I'm more worried about the parent clubs would not give permission to both Scarlett and Dale to play the injury situation with Spurs is that most of their forwards are injured at the moment let's hope that improves or we may lose Scarlett in January not sure of the reason behind Dale permission not granted play out Pompey thank you Linda for getting in touch and yeah, very interesting point to take from um, pre-game on, on Friday night, Mark. Um, before we even saw a ball kicked, the team uh, lineup, the news came out uh, around about five to seven an hour before kickoff. No Owen Dale, no Dane Scarlett, and that wasn't necessarily um, a decision that Danny Cowley had to make. That was a decision made to him by the parent clubs of both Dale and Scarlett, both Blackpool and Spurs, um, respectively, who aren't allowing those players to play in the FA Cup in case they get cup-tied. Uh, Mark, we'll start off with Dane Scarlett. Um, as Linda mentioned there, Tottenham Hotspur going through an injury crisis of their own in attack. Um, will Dane Scarlett potentially be lining up for Spurs this season? Or are you concerned that maybe that rule they've got in place is a more of a concern for the January transfer window with maybe some championship clubs snooping in? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I find it really bizarre that they didn't let him play. I'm completely honest. I mean, I don't think there's any any chance that um, he's going to go back to Spurs and be asked to jump in anytime soon. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic talent, but I mean, there are players they can call on way, way before they can call on him. I mean, I think they've got Troy Parrott, who's playing in the uh, league, league, league above, if I'm not mistaken, uh, someone they could probably call upon. Um, and, and I'm sure they've, you know, they've, they've got a January transfer window on the horizon as well, should they really be in a struggling position. So I'd be surprised if he went back. Um, and also, I would be surprised if they didn't let him actually complete a whole season on loan. I don't think it would aid a player's, um, uh, aid, aid a player's career to, to, to take him out of a loan situation in January and then uh, put him back into a championship loan. Um, I, I just think I, I really did find that bizarre. I was more worried about the Owen Dale one, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, and that one is uh, is a strange situation in regards to Owen Dale as well, Robbie. We don't know still why both Blackpool and Tottenham have put these rules in place for these players not to feature in the FA Cup. They must have their reasons, I'm sure. Blackpool with Owen Dale, we believe he's here until the end of the season, Owen Dale. Is that maybe a bit of bitterness towards what happened with Colby Bishop in the summer? I was actually funny enough you mentioned I was I was kind of thinking a little bit of the same thing I wonder if the the relationship maybe between the two clubs behind the scenes is uh, a bit fractious after all that went down with Colby during the summer like because as Mark said there it is a very bizarre one for a parent club to step in and say look we don't want our players to play in the FA Cup and whatever you think about Dane Scarlett and the potential for him to maybe move on in, in January or go back to Spurs if they have a, a crisis you know Dale very much looked like Blackpool wanted him kind of out the door and, and that he might be a great option for us to maybe take on a, on a permanent deal if uh, if he played up to the required standard. Like So again, it's a very bizarre one and these details don't tend to come out very often. So I'd say we'll be able to play a guessing game for a while. But the fun way to assume is that they're very bitter about Colby Bishop coming to us, isn't it? Yeah, we'll tell you that. 
we'll take that. It's, more, it's just funnier, isn't it? Um, but yeah, <laughs> Owen Dale and uh, Dane Scarlett both not allowed to play in the FA Cup for Pompey this season. They've been cup tied already uh, by their parent clubs. But Danny Cowley insistent to the media after the game on Friday that he's not concerned about this, and it's uh, more or less just a just a, a decision that we just can't understand from both Tottenham and Blackpool. But we've got to respect it, and we go into the second round of the competition without Owen Dale and Dane Scarlett. Hey. At least we don't have any injuries, eh? Well, we've got much more reaction to Friday, Friday's FA Cup win at Hereford to come here on Express FM, but not before we detour for a very, very quick break. After which, we hope to hear more from you back home too. What word would you use to summarise Pompey's performance at Edgar Street? Who would you like to see the Blues drawn against in round two? And are you feeling a bit more confidence in Danny Cowley's team simply now that Tom Lowry is back from injury? All the usual ways. It's 81400 on the text. Start those messages with the word Express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, include at expressfm if you're on Twitter, or head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. I'll be back with Mark and Robbie in just a few minutes when we will also hear what Danny Cowley had to say after the game about the current injury situation and his pride in the hard work that has been put in by those stepping into cover, particularly in midfield. You saw Tom come on the pitch and, and straight away we're a better team. And um, that'll be the same with Marlon, who's back as well, because these are these are key players to us. And he's been really tough for our midfield. You know, I have to give a lot of credit to Joe Mingi and Ryan Tunnicliffe. Yeah, it's been an incredible schedule, even for boys that have been playing regularly. So for boys to come and, and do that off of very little game time is credit to them. We'll hear from the gaffer, as well as Pompey's top scorer in all competitions so far this season, Colby Bishop, when the Football Hour returns after this. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour brought to you by Stagecoach across the South. You can visit our website right now stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services they can provide to you in your area as well as what they are doing to make their transportation cleaner and greener across the South Coast and through Hampshire as well. This evening I'm joined alongside both Mark McGee and Robbie Fahey and we will be reviewing all of the action from Pompey's 3-1 FA Cup first round victory over Hereford on Friday night. Later on, we'll also be talking about the Pompey women's victory over the Crawley Wasps on Sunday. We'll also hear from Jay Sadler, as well as Danny Cowley and Colby Bishop to come as well. But first, we're going to go back to Robbie and Mark. And Mark, I just want to highlight um, on on Friday, so nearly to Saturday, on Friday night against Hereford with all of the elements against Pompey. Um, they went there, uh, Rico Hackett with the you could call it the mistake to give Miles Story the advantage to run forward and put Hereford 1-0 up at Edgar Street. But where does the blame lie, in your opinion, for that goal? Yes, Rico Hackett gave the ball away, but as far as I see it, well, where are the defence? Yeah, that's a really good shout. I mean, um, to be honest, I think he was given a ball in a really poor area. I mean, he came short and asked for the ball. I think it's the defender's responsibility then to give him a shout 
But I think as a defender, you've got to be more aware. I mean, yeah, he's calling for the ball, he's coming short for the ball, but surely as a defender, you're facing the rest of the pitch. You know where the pressure's coming from. You know that the striker's going to be on his back. You know the pressure's quite high from Hereford. So I think it's Sean Raggett's responsibility there, just a bit more common sense. You know, he's, he's an experienced player, especially playing against an opposition like Hereford. He knows how to use the ball. And if he senses a bit of danger or a bit of pressure, then, yeah, don't give it to Rico. I know Rico's confident enough to ask for the ball, but you've got to rely on your teammates there to get you out of trouble. Mm. Rico Hackett also uh, you know, making amends for that potential error that he made on, on Friday night, um, Robbie, with scoring the equaliser just seven minutes later. And it was a good knockdown from Ronan Curtis at the back post after a really good delivery on the left-hand side from Conor Ogilvy, putting the ball into the box. Ronan Curtis heading it down to Rico Hackett, who had all of the time in the world to poke it past uh, the goalkeeper, Edgar Street, to make it one or a real composed finish. And that's the kind of position we don't often see Rico Hackett in but I mean long may it continue yeah it's kind of the position you want to see him like naturally get into more really because that's the end of the pitch where he can really make a difference for us and it was like you mentioned there it was just great to see the combination play between Ogilvy and then the knockdown from Curtis because he's another player you talk about people who need to come back into into some semblance of form Curtis could be you know crucial for us going forward if he could just get back to maybe the vein of form he had from a couple of years ago. But just in that game in particular, like it was imperative that we got back on level terms as quickly as possible. Because we know that if you let that kind of 1-0 deficit go on for a long period of time, suddenly Hereford get a bit of confidence, they dig in, a bit of nervousness goes around from the away end, transmits onto the pitch, and suddenly that giant killing on the cards. So really, really fair play to, to Rico for showing the composure when he got into the position to take the chance and not squander it and leave us in a bad position. And like Robbie mentioned there, Mark, it was by no means an an easy tie for Pompey on Friday. Hereford gave it a real good go. You could sense the atmosphere building at Edgar Street. Real historic uh, win could have potentially been on the cards after Miles' story opener in the first half. And we mentioned about the metal that it took Pompey to overcome that. But in regards to, you know, yes, a 3-1 victory, it may not be um, hammering. It may not be the sort of thrashing that maybe a League One side, you know, in inverted quote marks, should be inflicting on a National League North tie uh, game, rather. But it was uh, it was exactly that. It was a professional performance from Danny Cowley's side. And they, it, they took a lot of hard work to dig out of that position and get the victory after what was a pretty commanding second half. Yeah, exactly, Jake. And I think in those situations, in my opinion, you just got to get the job done. I mean, the last thing you want is to lose against a side like that because it can have damaging, like um, massive consequences to the to the side's confidence. And right now, we need to keep confidence high. You know, we've got some, you know, just had obviously the news that Joe Rafferty is going to be out injured for a long time. We've got that news. We've also got the news that a couple of players are coming back, um, and we've got you know a big run of games coming up. You know, we've got Derby coming up. Um, I think. Those are the banana skins that can sometimes shape, you know, the next month or sometimes the next sort of quarter of a season. So I think I'm really pleased with the boys to come from behind, which I think is a massive confidence boost. Um, and yeah, like, like you say, show the metal to not slip up where a lot of other sides did. So I think the boys can take confidence with that. Yeah. Um, the second goal, of course, for Pompey on Friday night, scored uh, by Colby Bishop. And, and for, uh, Robbie, it was a, a very good header at the near post, sort of glanced it across to the other side of the goal um, and planted it into the sort of corner of the netting. A really nice header and a goal from uh, a, not only just you know a cross like the first one essentially was as well in the first half, but it's direct from a corner. And that is something we're not really accustomed to this season with Pompey, is scoring from set pieces. 
No, and then obviously the big talking point with uh, Clark Robertson actually taking the some of the corner kicks uh, on Friday night. Like I know there was a lot of uh, interesting comments on uh, on social media from fans who were questioning maybe Danny for for allowing him to do that. But obviously he's shown the quality that he has with the left peg, and he can really put a ball into the box. And like obviously Colby Bishop, that's where his strengths lie. We've seen it throughout the the league season so far. He gets himself into those positions, and he's just so strong when he gets in there. Like you know, as a defender, it must be daunting just to see a full steam Colby Bishop coming towards you. Um, like it was, again, much like Reco's goal, it was a very, <clears throat> excuse me, important time just in the second half to get our nose in front and really put the tight to bed because like the last thing we need at this stage of the season is a replay mm. bringing Hereford down to Fratton Park. So it was really important and uh, just delighted that Colby can keep his uh, goal scoring run going because he, he needs to keep in top form if he's to do the business first for the rest of the season. Yeah, 10 goals in all competitions now for Colby Bishop. Eight in League One, two in cup competitions. Sam Stone on Twitter. Despite scoring 10 goals by the start of November, I still don't think Colby Bishop gets the credit he deserves. He has been a top-class addition. Finally, we have a quality and consistent striker. It is important to remember how bad some of the strikers we've had um, over the past few years. Yeah, thank you very much, Sam, for getting in touch. Don't forget, 81400 is our text number if you want to get involved between now and 7 o'clock, just under half an hour to do so start your messages with the word express and add your name to the end as well so we know who you are sport at expressfm.com is our email address you can tweet using at expressfm or head over to our facebook page facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. It is time now to hear from one of Pompey's goal scorers on Friday night, as we mentioned, Colby Bishop, the man with the magic hat who was on top form to help guide Blues into the hat for the draw of the next round of the FA Cup. Henry Port began by asking the striker how great it felt to be back in with a goal, having scored just one in his previous five appearances beforehand. Yeah, I think, you know, scoring is always nice, but it's always, you know, occasions like this where there's a big crowd and you're on TV, it always means a bit more. Back to the game overall, and obviously a 3-1 win today, as you mentioned. What was? How do you describe the game? I think it was frustrating in the first half, but I think when you come to places like this, teams are always going to be you know, up for it. They're going to get that extra 10%. I think we always knew that if we keep going at our intensity and keep them going through the whole night, that they'll get tied at one point, and I think they probably did in the second half, and I think we played some nice football. Richard, they're obviously coming to places like this. On the telly, there's a lot of expectation. How important is it to remain professional throughout the 90? Yeah, it's, it's so easy. I think it's so easy to slip up at places like this if you don't come with the right attitude. You know, I've played years at places like this, and I always know that when teams come from higher up, you, you, you're very up for it. And um, you've got to come with the right attitude, and I think we did. You touched on there, obviously, the non league experience that goes through the team in places as well. How important is that experience when you come to places like this? Yeah, massive. I think, you know, when you've, like I've played here before, I think a couple of the lads have, it always, it's, it's very different to what we do in League One. But when you've played there before, you know how, how it goes, and I think it, it helps a lot. Second half felt like much more like a Portsmouth performance with a goal and assist for yourself. Describe those moments and those goals for us. Yeah, I think both both set pieces. We've, we spoke about um, avoiding the four big lads in their zone, um, so it was a bit further out. And yeah, the, the the first one was a great ball from Clark and got managed to get my head on it. And the second one was a great finish by Pigs. Of course, obviously over 600 away fans today. How important were they throughout the 90 minutes? Yeah, they're the same every time. You know, I, 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 they probably get bored of me saying it, but they're brilliant everywhere you go. There was class tonight, and they always give us that extra little bit. 
Colby Bishop there speaking to Henry Port after his goal, the second goal for Pompey on Friday night, helped the Blues to a 3-1 win over Hereford at Edgar Street to reach round two of this season's FA Cup competition. Joe Piggott coming on as a sub in the second half to score the Blues' third and final goal of the game to secure the victory and their position in the next stage of the competition. And Joe Piggott, Mark, a player who came off a bench, linked up with Colby Bishop in that second half and not only did I, you know, I think he had a very good performance in the minutes he had on Friday at Edgar Street, but also scoring the goal to really seal the victory and make things a little bit more comfortable in those final 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, he did. And and to be honest, I think he's been a, he's been really unlucky, to be honest. I think, you know, he came in, in the summer before we signed Colby and before we signed Dane Scarlett. And I think he probably had the idea in his head that he was going to be the main man. You know, considering at that point we hadn't made a great deal of attacking signings, so I think he can be forgiven for wondering how he's on the bench uh, or or thinking what you know how I found myself in this situation. But fair play to him. I'm actually really impressed with his um with his overall output. Like he has a lot to his game. He's actually a lot more technically gifted than I thought, which I think we saw a lot of um, on Friday, especially. And um, his his uh, his attitude, I think, um, has been has been a massive uh, massive boost for the team. And I think his his morale uh, and his and his overall personality in the dressing room, from what I've heard, has helped us this season as well. So I think he, overall he's been a, a great addition, to be honest. And looking ahead to Saturday's uh, trip to Morecambe's Pompey return to league action, Robbie Joe Piggott really putting himself in into contention in Danny Cowley's mind now, um, potentially for a start at Morecambe. And Danny Cowley's got that bit of a headache now, where he's got a Dane Scarlet who is fresh after not playing in the FA Cup on Friday. He he would have had like what, a fortnight's rest by that stage at Morecambe on Saturday. You've got a Colby Bishop who scored ten goals now. He's into double figures by November, and a Joe Piggott who's back in the team. And, and back on the score sheet. If you're Danny Cowley, what kind of decision do you make? How how do you make that decision? Yeah, it's a great headache to have, really, isn't it? Like because as you mentioned there, I think Joe Piggott, like Mark alluded to it there, he's been quite unlucky with the amount of minutes he's got so far this season. But even when he's on the pitch at the same time as Colby as well, the link up play that they have the two between the two of them, the understanding seems to grow every time they do. Like I was at the, the Shrewsbury game just a week ago and uh, Joe came on for the last couple of minutes and even then just the impetus he gave going forward, you could see him encouraging the players around him and he just gives you something totally different than what Dane and Colby do and I think there is definitely a value to that against a team like Morecambe who are shipping goals and maybe we can just be a little bit more uh, attacking and maybe a bit more direct in our play against them but yeah, like I said, it's a really good uh, headache for Danny to have going into the game, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, hi, Jake, says Dave Byrne uh, from Liss on the emails. Hi to you too as well, Dave. Thank you very much for getting in touch this evening, as always. A totally expected result on Friday evening, says Dave. Anything less than a 3-1 win would have been a real disappointment. I'm a Tom Lowry fan, and he was part of a team that played our best football so far this season. He sets the tempo for how we play with his non-stop running and always making himself available to receive the ball and keep us moving forward. It is so important that we keep him fit for the remainder of the season, Dave enlist thank you very much for getting in touch and mark tom lowry back from injury hurrah how long have we been waiting for someone like tom lowry to come back into the team danny cowley's been plagued by injuries within this squad joe rafferty and marlon pack to name but a few but tom lowry back in this team and you could see straight away the impact he had on friday night after coming off the bench yeah, yeah, and to be honest, I think he's one of the players we've missed so much. I mean, we, you know, don't get me wrong, we've missed Joe Rafferty and we've missed Marlon Pack, but that low centre of gravity that Tom Larry brings, um, 
to, to the centre of the park. I don't think we have anything like it. We haven't had anything like it. Um, you know, Jay Mingy, Ryan Tunnicliffe, they've put in a great shift. They've got some great engines on them. But that technical ability that Tom Lowry possesses and the ability he has to, to keep the ball um, and also his ability to just find a pass and keep the, more, the, keep the ball moving like quickly and moving forward. I think we've really, really missed that. Um, I'm, I'm buzzing to have him back, to be honest. I, I can't lie to you. No, not at all. I think we all are. Um, no name on this text here, but first half versus Hereford was the familiar Pompey of the last few weeks, but the second half was the Pompey of August and September. Lowry lifted the team to much higher levels, and it just shows how much we've missed him. His presence raised the levels for the rest of the team and was the catalyst for a very comfortable win. Thank you for getting in touch, whoever that was. OK, we've heard the reaction of myself, both Mark and Robbie, as well as Colby Bishop too but what did Danny Cowley have to say after Friday's 3-1 win over Hereford here he is talking to Max Watson well Danny I think it's fair to start off by saying fair play to Hereford who really tested us tonight yeah absolutely we knew it would be our toughest game of the season I think first half it proved just that Um, I just thought proper football game two proper football clubs both saved by their supporters yeah a lot to respect in the the Hereford team I thought their players were were outstanding Um, give us real problems first half Um, it was a great atmosphere tonight and um, yeah really good uh, really really good night for English football it's job done and into the next round of the FA Cup your verdict on tonight's performance yeah well I think our young players would have learned a lot from 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 tonight I think a couple of them found it really difficult first half and will be better for that experience for sure Um, wasn't easy for us we obviously had quite a few players injured obviously no Dane no Owen um, who would have been very important on a night like this? Um, so first half, it was it was difficult for us. We couldn't quite find our rhythm. Um, we managed to get together at half time, tweaked a couple of bits, and to be fair to the players, second half thought they come out and were very professional. Um, I thought it was quite an accomplished performance, but by, by the end, what was your message at the break to spark such a performance in the second half? <laughs> I think we probably keep that in house, but um, yeah, it. it you know, for us, we just wanted to put, represent ourselves and this wonderful football club in the right way. And we felt that we we didn't do that first half. We didn't think we got to our levels. I didn't think that we found the, the energy or the intensity against the ball. I didn't think we found the, the speed in in in, the, in our play with the ball. Um, and we were just um, lacking detail. Um, and, and as a consequence, we couldn't find couldn't find the rhythm that we wanted. We conceded a horrible goal. Credit to Rico because he lost the ball in a in a really difficult moment. But I thought he showed real real character to um, keep wanting the ball. And then he goes and finds the equaliser. And then yeah, second half, I actually thought we we played well and we dominated the the, the, the game. I thought we dominated possession, dominated territory, um, and scored scored two two well worked set piece goals. One of the biggest positives of tonight was seeing Tom Lowry back on the pitch. How much of a boost is he? Well, we just looked a better team, didn't we? And I think that's what your best players do. I think you saw Tom come on the pitch and, and straight away we're a better team. And um, that'll be the same with Marlon. He's back as well because these are these are key players to us. And he's been really tough for our midfield. You know, I have to give a lot of credit to Joe Mingy and Ryan Tunnicliffe because they've come off the back of nothing and they've gone Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday 
Then they've played on the Tuesday. Then they've played on the Friday. Um, incredible. Um, yeah, it's been an incredible schedule, for, even for boys that have been playing regularly. So for boys to come and, and do that off of off of for very little game time um, is credit to them. Um, and yeah, hopefully by the time we get to our next league game, we'll have both Tom and Marlon back to to strengthen the group. And just a word on the fans tonight, who have not long left the ground. How good were they? Yeah, I thought they were they were great. I thought both sets of supporters were brilliant. I mean, it was a it was a great night for English football and, and the FA Cup. For me, it's the it's the greatest cup competition in the world. It was so sad to hear the news about Ronnie Radford. He was such an iconic um, figure. Had that iconic moment that I think a lot of people my age will um will will will. Um, you know, it'd be one of their kind of first memories of, of the FA Cup. Um, so it was great to be able to, to, to celebrate his his life this this evening. And uh, yeah, as I said, I think the final words should go to Everford Football Club because they're um, they've had it really tough. They nearly lost their club, and they've come back, come fighting back. And I'm sure tonight um, will allow them and maybe give them a springboard to continue their push up the divisions. Some really nice and appropriate words at the end from Danny Carley there following Pompey's 3-1 victory over Hereford on Friday night. A proper old school FA Cup tie at Edgar Street and a new ground for many Pompey fans after the Blues' first visit there in over or nearly 40 years. 1983, the last time Pompey played at Hereford. Um, Tunnicliffe and Mingi, Ryan Tunnicliffe, Jay Mingi, Robbie, two midfielders who have had to really work hard to get back into this team this season after essentially being frozen out of the side due to the impressive performances of Marlon Pack, Tom Lowry, Joe Morrell, Welsh International too, of course. Very difficult for these two players to get into that team. But due to the injury situation we've had to endure over the last few weeks, Ryan Tunnicliffe and Jay Mingi being named pretty much week in, week out, game in, game out um, for Pompey. Robbie, what have you made of their performances over the last few weeks to cover for these injured players? Yeah, look, they've uh, they've stepped in when they've when they've needed to, and they've played quite well. They've come on, you know, you could see their performance is improving as the as the weeks progress, and they, they seem to complement one another quite well. You know, like Jay is all action and around the pitch. Uh, he he tends to pick up a little bit of a booking, which is maybe something he has to work out of his game. He makes a few rash tackles, but Ryan Tunnicliffe, like he, he just has that kind of presence on the ball. Maybe he just needs to move it a little bit faster. And I know a lot of people. That's what uh, Tom Lowry brings to the team. He gets in good spaces and moves the ball a lot faster. And that's what the fans want to see the, the players do in the middle of the park. But look, at a time of crisis when you're, you're without probably three or four players who are your first choice in that position, when you get people to come in and do the job that they've done and put in the shift, like you can't fault their efforts throughout the, the last couple of games. And hopefully now we'd like Tom coming back and, you know, Marlon Pack, who's like probably our most crucial player, I think, uh, in the 11 at the moment. So we'll see these guys maybe dropping back to the bench, but we know that they're crucial options that if we need them later in the season, they can step back in and do a really top job. Yeah, Thank you, Robbie. Mark, hold tight, my friend. We'll be back with you in just a few moments' time after a break. And in the final part of the show, we'll not only look ahead to this evening's FA Cup second round draw, but we'll also hear from a very happy Jay Sadler. The Pompey women were back in action and looking to make it back-to-back league wins after a 2-0 defeat at Oxford a fortnight prior. And that is exactly what they did, securing a comfortable 3-0 win at Crawley. We'll listen to what the head coach had to say after the game. I think it's testament to them that we went away to Plymouth Argyle it's a difficult place to go to it was challenging it had its challenges and we found the solutions today it was down to us Um, the ownership was on us to bring the intensity to be brave with the ball stick around for the final proceedings of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM don't go anywhere (laughs) 
This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Hello everyone, good evening. Welcome to the final part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour, brought to you as always by Stagecoach Across the South. This evening, myself, Jake Smith, alongside Mark McGee and Robbie Fahey on task to review all of the action from the Blues 3-1 victory in the FA Cup first round over Hereford on Friday evening. We've pretty much got through all of that so far on the show. We've heard from Zesh Raymond after the Pompey Academy's FA Youth Cup victory over Three Bridges at Fratton Park on Thursday afternoon. Congratulations to them. They're at home to Cambridge United with that date to be set to announce in due course. But also, it was a victory for the Pompey women on Sunday. They rounded off the perfect fixed weekend for Portsmouth Football Club. Jay Sadler's side made the trip to the Crawley Wasps in the league. Rock bottom Crawley Wasps, that is, um, after last weekend's victory over Plymouth Argyle. This weekend, Jay Sadler, unsurprisingly, stuck with the same side that also took the three points home from Plymouth last weekend. Emma Jones, Jazz Younger and Sophie Quirk all on the score sheet to earn the Blues all three points on a very wet afternoon in Horsham. And after the game, Max Swatton asked Jay Sadler to sum up the victory. Yeah, really impressed. I um, think we controlled probably 80, maybe 90% of the game, um, especially second half. Um, we First half, I think we a few poor decisions um, with the ball, um, poor details. Don't think we got into our rhythm um, and looked after the ball when we did get into, into the half. Um, obviously, getting a couple of goals from, from set pieces is always good. Shows we're, we're dangerous from that. Great strike from Emma and, and a great head by Jazz. But I think second half, really impressed by the, the, the way the girls took on the messages at half-time. We needed to, to break their press early. Uh, and then when we did that, I said, I think we, we camped into their half most of the game. And it was just about being patient, um, playing with tempo, trying to break down what was a stubborn um, defensive block, um, but it's something we've worked on. Really happy to obviously rotate the squad round. Happy that, that Quirky's got a goal. Um, she's been longing that for a couple of couple of games now. Um, she's been in and around the contribution, but, but not got a name on a score sheet. And ultimately happy with a, with a clean sheet too. That's two away wins on the trot. What does that say about the character of this group? It's a great group. Um, you look at the quality of players um, that missed out on the squad, as well as the players that are coming on as well. But I think it's testament to them that we went away to Plymouth Argyle. It's a difficult place to go to. Um, it was it was it was challenging. It had its challenges, and we found the solutions today. It was down to us. Um, the ownership was on us to take bring the intensity, to be brave with the ball, um, and be in good positions to counter press. And I think second half we did that. When we did lose the ball, we were able to get the ball back as quick as possible. Um, and it was a, an easy day really for. for hand and, and, and the back line and, and that's what we needed we need clean sheets um, we need to go in with a clean sheet mentality too many times we're conceding um, poor goals goals balls were given away um, but today we, we look good we look good in our rest defence when they like I said when, when they did win it we were able to get on top of them and I was really happy with, with how we rotated the squad round and OT um, May Gould and etc they've been biding their time um, they got an opportunity today and I was really impressed with, with both of them combining nearly got a goal at the end um, May's dropped in lovely link up with T and, and found herself in the box and 
it was a great save to be fair but overall yeah like you said uh, character uh, testament to the character of, of the players to, to go away in two weeks pick up six points a clean sheet um, so yeah we're really happy with it there you go, the post-match thoughts of Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler after they picked up three points away at the Crawley Wasps yesterday afternoon. Congratulations to them by winning that game by three goals to nil. That's back-to-back wins for the Blues now after they defeated Plymouth Argyle by two goals to one last weekend. And that was off the back of consecutive defeats in the league. So really, really good for the women to be back on form. They're next in action. They're also in the FA Cup. That's next weekend, so this weekend coming the 13th of November, Sunday the 13th of November. They'll be going to Cullum Road, home of Abingdon Town. So that's uh, next Sunday, the 13th of November, 2 o'clock kickoff in the Women's FA Cup away at Abingdon Town for the Pompey women. Jay Sadler back on Pompey Live this Saturday for the Blues trip to Morecambe in League One. Myself and two more studio guests will be back on Friday night to preview that league fixture. But before we do that, uh, we've got more to discuss on the show over the course of the next eight or nine minutes or so and some big news not concerning Pompey but concerning just a random team that wear different colours in a different league in the Premiership and that is that lot down the road they have sacked Ralph Hasenhutl um Mark it's a shame really he was doing such a good job yeah, he was doing a real good job. Yeah, it's Got a real, it. real shame to see him where they are. As you can tell, I'm <laughs> really torn up about it, mate. Um, yeah, good luck to them. I hope they find a really good manager and I hope they have a really successful season, of course. Oh, I'm being sincere, yeah, of course. You can tell. You can tell in your voice. You just want them to do well, don't you? I want them to do so well. So well. But um, in regards to the new manager, manager search, I don't know who you've seen that they, uh, they've put at the top of their priority. Nathan Jones. Yeah, yeah, interesting one. Nathan Jones. It's like they want relegation. It's like they <laughs> want to play Pompey next season in the Championship. Danny Cowley away at St Mary's against Nathan Jones. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But this isn't a Southampton show. Let's forget about them for now. And uh, But let, let's turn our attention now to this evening's FA Cup second round draw. Of course, the Blues were 3-1 victors over Hereford on Friday night in the first round. And now the second round of the competition to take place in a few weeks' time. The second round draw will be live on BBC Two. That's right after tonight's show. How considerate. And that should commence between 7 and 7.15 prior to this evening's FA Cup first round tie between Bracknell and Ipswich Town. So let's go through some of the numbers for tonight's second round draw. So Pompey, of course, number 18 after they beat Hereford Edgar Street by three goals to one on Friday night. Number one is Forest Green Rovers. Number two is Barnsley. Boreham Wood are number three. Curzon Ashton or Cambridge United are number four. They drew nil-nil over the weekend. Dagenham and Redbridge, they are number five. Number six is Atkinton Stanley. The winner of Solihull Moors or Hartlepool United will be number seven. They've been taken to a replay. As has AFC Fylde and Gilligan, they're number eight. Peterborough United or Salford City are number nine. They drew nil-nil of a weekend. Number 10 is Farnborough. They defeated Sutton United by two goals to nil away from home. 11 is Grimsby Town. They shocked League One leaders Plymouth Argyle, packing them out of the competition with a 5-1 victory at Blundell Park. MK Dons are number 12. Ebbsfleet United, non-league side, they're number 13. Carlisle United, number 14. We don't want that one, do we? Especially away. 
Bracknell Town or Ipswich Town tonight's game number 15 Chippenham Town they beat Lincoln City by a goal to nil for the first time they're in round two Chippenham at number 16 Sheffield Wednesday are currently number 17 of course number 18 are Pompey Shrewsbury number 19 another non-league team Buxton they are 20 Charlton Athletic are number 21 Number 22 is the winner of Weymouth or AFC Wimbledon. They drew one all at the weekend. Newport County, number 23, of course, they knocked Pompey out of the Carabao Cup away back in August. Stockport County, they're number 24, but last meeting between Pompey and Stockport in 2001. Kings Lynn, they're number 25. They beat Doncaster by a goal to nil, and Pompey beat them 6-1 in round two back in 2020. Number 26, Stevenage. Number 27 is Fleetwood. Number 28 is Burton Albion. Number 29 is Harrogate Town. Number 30 is Exeter City. 31 is Torquay United or Derby County. Bristol Rovers are number 32 with Walsall number 33. Wrexham, 34. Now, of course, owned by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. Nine previous meetings, but none since 1986 with Pompey. That a 2-1 win in the League Cup. Alan Ball, the manager, Alan Knight, Noel Blake, Mick Kennedy and Vince Hilaire in the team that day with Kevin O'Callaghan and Mickey Quinn on the score sheet at the racecourse ground back in 1986. Number 35, Crew. Number 36, the winner of Barnet and Chelmsford. Number 37 is Woking or Oxford United. Number 38 is Chesterfield, maybe a reunion with Paul Cook. Number 39 is Alva Church and number 40, Mansfield Town. Plenty of upsets from the weekend. Lots of non-league sides through to round two of the FA Cup. We just mentioned there, Alva Church, number 39. They beat Cheltenham by two goals to one at the weekend at Wadden Road. They are the lowest-ranked side still in the competition. Alva Church, they are in the Southern League Premier Central Division, level seven on the pyramid. That's the same level as Gosport Borough. We mentioned Chesterfield, number 38. A reunion with Paul Cook on the cards, potentially. Um, let, let's get the thoughts of both Mark and Robbie. Just a few seconds to summarise your feelings of the second round draw to come tonight in around about 20 minutes time Mark you've got about 10 seconds who do you want in round 2 I would love a Hollywood showdown with Ryan Reynolds it's got to be done yeah absolutely that is also my pick Wrexham away a new ground first meeting since 1986 let's do it Uh, Robbie what do you reckon Pompey second round of the FA Cup who are you going for full house Deadpool derby give me Wrexham give me (laughs) The Deadpool Derby. I'm not sure you could call it Derby. I'm not sure if Pompey have got the uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the oh, Deadpool go link. For the, uh, go for the alliteration, isn't it? Yeah, but certainly let, let, let's bring Will Ferrell back. Let's make it a Hollywood Derby. Uh, Wrecks them away in the FA Cup second round tie. Uh, that's what the Pompey fans want. That's what we want anyway. Pompey next in action on Saturday. More come away. The unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. The Blues travelled to Hereford looking to avoid a giant killing in the Emirates FA Cup. And it was the Bulls that scored first, but Pompey were able to turn it around thanks to goals from Rico Hackett, Colby Bishop and Joe Piggott. Next up for Portsmouth, it's Morecambe away and you can catch all the unmissable action on Pompey Live Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars.
Yeah, thank you, Matt. Of course, Pompey next in action this Saturday. No midweek tie for the Blues this time around. The next in action Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock kickoff at Morecambe as league action returns for Pompey. Myself, Robbie James and Jay Sadler will be on hand to preview that game from 2 o'clock and we'll have all of the coverage of the match live with Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham from Lancashire. I'll be back on Friday night with the next edition of the Football Hour. Myself and two more Pompey fans will be previewing that game away at Morecambe and uh, I'd like to send a big thank you to both Mark McGee and Robbie Fahey for joining me on this evening's show Mark first of all thank you very much have a great week and I'll hope to hear from you again very soon cheers Jay thanks for having me likewise to Robbie Fahey Robbie have a great week enjoy your, enjoy whatever you're doing and we'll hear from you again soon we'll get you back on the phones and uh, hopefully we'll meet in person soon why not do you fancy a trip over Always, anytime. Let's get you in the studio. Come over to England. Let's get Robbie Fahey in the studio. Big thank you to both my guests for tonight's show. Thank you also to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another season of the Football Hour here on Express FM. So Pompey back in action on Saturday away at Morecambe. The Football Hour is back on Friday from 6 o'clock. Henry Deacon with Over the White Line from 6 on Wednesday with all of your non-league roundup. And of course, the FA Cup second round draw is coming up in just around 10 minutes' time. Tune in to BBC Two. Thank you for listening. Take care. I'll play at Pompey. Good night.